Hi, and welcome to Courage to Adapt Podcast. I'm Jonathan, a father, a small business owner, and advocate for service to my community. This podcast is about resilience and the ability to adapt to change. In today's fast-paced world, change is constant and can be difficult to keep up. But with the right mindset and tools, we can learn to embrace change and even thrive in the face of it. Each week, the goal is to bring on guests who have faced challenges and come out on the other side, sharing their stories and insights on how to develop courage to adapt. Join us on this journey to become more resilient and adaptable as we explore the power of adaptability and strength that comes from facing challenges head on. This is Courage to Adapt Podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Courage to Adapt Podcast. I'm your host, JT Chep. Uh, It's very exciting to be back and recording another episode. I hope you're having a productive week, uh, a safe week. I'm very excited to present this week's episode. Uh, We will have a very special guest on today's podcast. Uh, But before we go into that, hopefully you checked out last week's episode, episode 12, season one, which is needed versus necessary, which is a a, uh, episode about fatherhood, episode about being present uh, in your children's life, uh, an episode about making sure you maintain a healthy relationship uh, with the parents uh, of your children. So if you haven't checked it out, please do check it out and and hopefully provide some um, great insights and perspective for you. So this week's episode uh, with our guests, before we get into it, of course, um, as the cadence, we'd like to talk about our intro, of course, uh, that's organic and continuous. Um, For this week's episode, we are courage, of course. Adapt to the challenges, obstacles, and adversities we face each day. Our chosen instrument is health and fitness in the landscape and the game of life. The world is our training ground. The opportunities to improve our health and fitness are all around us. With each push-up, pull-up, tire flip, dumbbell curl, us nearing muscle failure, will we power our minds to do one more rep and be a better version of ourselves from the day before. Let's get healthy. Welcome to Courage to Adapt Podcast. Excited to be on. Uh, It's going to be episode 13, season 1. And I told you guys I've been diligently working on finding a guest for the show, and uh, finally a, a brother, an amazing person, uh, you know, just all the, the, the things he's doing uh, as a father, uh, but before we get into the episode, we got we to hit you with a dad joke, of course, right? So this week's dad joke is... Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? Any answers? Any answers? In case they get a hole in one. So that's this week's dad joke, guys. Please share it with your family, share it with your friends and your children, of course, and get a quick laugh out of it. So on to the episode. I am so excited uh, to record this episode. My guest today has over 20 years as a record-breaking fitness competitor and a professional athlete and a 20-year background in pharmaceuticals and nutraceuticals put me, put him in a very unique position to share his knowledge and experience 
as well to inspire dads all over the world. A businessman and, a, and along with regular guys to build muscle, lose fat, and achieve wellness. He is the founder of Four uh, Fathers Fitness. My friend, my brother, uh, Mr. Liam Shabazz. Good to have you, sir. Good to be here, Jonathan. Welcome to the show. How are you today? How's your, how's your week going? Going, It's going well, and it's an honor to be here. Um, I think your platform, your podcast, you're bringing light to a lot of really powerful issues, and I'm honored to uh, sit here and talk with you. Yeah. Cool, man. So how's, uh, how's the Forefather Fitness um, going, the brand? Kind of if you can briefly touch on that, uh, how long you've, you've had the brand, and uh, from your perspective, why was Forefather Fitness uh, created? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for that opportunity. Um, there's two sides of Forefather's Fitness. There's the official brand with what we're doing now with trying to help fathers, and there's the, or, you know, the, um, the origin story with it. And it really started with four fathers. So there were four of us about 20 years ago, me and three other uh, fathers that we were all in the same boat, um, recently married within like five years or so, had maybe one kid each, and we were trying to reclaim our health, right? So we just met in the gym and we consistently ran into each other and we kind of informally dubbed ourselves the four fathers. Okay. And so it. we held each other accountable with working out. We would go to the gym and we'd have different workouts and so forth. And that probably lasted for a good 10 years. And we did different things. Um, we'd enter um, bodybuilding shows. We'd enter obstacle course racing. Um, but it was really just a core group of fathers who decided, you know what, we're going to reclaim our health, share knowledge, um, no ego, no emotion, no excuses. Uh, we would hold each other accountable and uh, yeah, so that's kind of the origin. Now, fast forward 20 plus years from that date, and I've now taken that brand to help actually fathers over 40. Um, fitness has always been something really personal to me. It's not something that I ever thought about trying to, um, you know, not, not that I wouldn't want to share with people, but turn into a brand or, you know, commoditize it, so to speak, mm -hmm. because really fitness from the time I was very young, it's been, um, almost like a religion to me. It's very personal to me. I take it very seriously. And I frown upon those who really don't see it that way. So I, I felt it would be a conflict to try and, you know, make anything beyond just the personal, um, you know, uh, I guess, relationship with myself. Then something significant happened uh, about three or four years ago. And it had to do with a, a personal family friend and I think he'd be okay with us using his name, but his name is Jeff. Uh, he was 50 years old at the time, and we were flying back from Los Angeles, and my wife got a call, and he was in the hospital about to have his foot amputated from diabetic nephropathy, complications from diabetes. So even though that can happen, one, being in the United States, meaning we have really good health care, two, 50 years old is really not that old, and three, having worked in the diabetes uh, field in pharmaceuticals, I, I knew that there were resources and education available at no cost or very low cost to have prevented that. So it, it, it hit me really hard to know that this really young man at 50 was facing losing a foot. Mm -hmm. And I could not wrap my head around that. And I just started scrambling, thinking about all these things to tell him and, you know, say, hey, what about this? What about this? The foot was long gone. And by the next day, they had amputated it. It was either wow. that or you know, continue to amputate more parts of the leg. And um, I'm not sure what that did to me, but it really hit me hard to think that 
there was someone who lost a foot that possibly could have been prevented. So two things happened from that. One, my wife had said to me, you know, you really know what you're doing. You live, you live the, you, you know, you walk the walk. You're not a come by, you know, you're not a fly by night person with this. You've been doing this fundamentally for decades. And your information has helped people along the way that you really didn't even expect to, right? You'll give people tips and you know, information. And it works because you know what you're talking about. And you could have helped this person um, if the message had gotten to them earlier. And that hit, hit me because I had heard along the way there's basically different chapters in your life. The first chapter is like from birth to about 20 is kind of like, don't die, right? Survive. Survive. You know, yeah. Figure yeah. out how to... Experience it and survive. Yeah. yeah. Figure exactly. out how to wake up the next day. And of course, yeah. For those of us, if you can remember, you know, our 20s and below, it's, you know... Blur. <laughs> happy to be alive. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah. And then from like 20 to 40, you have acquisition, right? It's like all about material items, getting a house, all these different things that you think, again, is the way. And then you learn through experience that that's the devil's trap, Right. However, that's just the custom that we're used to, and that's our life. And then that next chapter, your next 20 years, is contribution, right? That's how we continue to grow. You can only acquire so much, right? There's only so much knowledge one person can use. So what good does it do for me to know every single thing about fitness at some point? Like, how much more in shape can you get? At that point, you need to now contribute. So true mastery of anything is, okay, it's great for you to know something, but can you take what you've learned and now help someone else and help them achieve the results that you have achieved? That's really you start to master. And so that part of having to contribute was an eye-opener for me because not only can you help other men and now women in that respect, but it's allowed me to also grow too because it's expanded my knowledge and understanding of the struggles that people go through and the challenges people face and the fact that not everybody's road is as straightforward as you might think. Uh, so that was kind of the origin of Forefathers Fitness. And basically what I've done is just organized, you know, my almost now 30 years of information that I've got in my head when it comes to nutrition and diet and realizing that um, there's so many different approaches to fitness and giving yourself grace and realizing that it doesn't have to be perfect every time and there will be failures and setbacks and trying to allow people to get a, a quicker road to their personal health than having to take the long path that I took, right? I've failed along the way, I've struggled, I've had setbacks, and I can realize when someone is heading in the wrong direction and basically try to give them a hand. And so that was really the origin of forefathers. And now what that comprises is helping fathers over 40 achieve and maintain their best life for the person they're gonna be in 20 years. So that way they're there for their kids and their grandkids, and they can still move and uh, function and not be restrained by their physical um, body, and then allowing them to thrive mentally as well, because it's not just the physical aspect, um, but we provide fitness counseling, uh, nutrition counseling, supplementation if needed, as well as mind and body um, approach. So the forefathers, those pillars, there's forefathers, there's faith, finances, family, and fitness. Did I get all those? Yeah, so there's four of those. So we believe that all of that has to be in synchronization and balance. You rarely have success in one area without, you know, there's rarely people who are just like, you know, killing it in one area and then they're a failure in the other part. It's normally a little bit of everything and that's what we try to bring to the table. So that's a little bit of the background of what we're doing. Super cool. And um, well, yeah. I, that's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing, right? And, and I think you, uh, you encapsulated, embodied your explanation of 
the forefathers that started this, right, is it's what, why I created this platform of courage to adapt. That's what this, what you just thoroughly explained to our listeners and our audience expressed that you took ownership. You took the responsibility based on the experience and skill sets and a knowledge that you've acquired uh, through experience over the years, and you, you, you took the ownership to share with others and, and make that like dramatic impact in people's lives. And when you heard about your friend's story that you shared, um, you said you, you know, it impacted you in two different ways, right? But that's what stood out, is, is this courage to that moment. And every time, you, while you were sharing the origins, uh, in my mind, it kept saying, man, that's another courage to that moment. And it's crazy how we encounter that all throughout our lives. It mm-hmm. will never stop, right? And it, um, the goal is to be equipped um, and also, I believe, surround yourself with people that are like-minded and have the same um, uh, foundations of, of principles and, and kindness, I believe, in wanting to help others. And I think that's why your success in your wife believing in you and um, encouraging you, right, to, to help others with the knowledge and experience you have. So it's such a great thank you for, for sharing the origins of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm super excited, right? I, I knew it already, but hearing it from you again, it's like, wow, that's, that's, that's inspiring, but really from a place where we, there's so much content out there, right? Yeah. There, it's, how do you filter through all those things? And um, in the past two years, uh, my, my children and I have had the privilege of getting to know you and your family. And when you say about living it, right? There's, there, there's difference between talking about it but living it each day, uh, we have witnessed that with you, um, but also your balance with managing, managing everything, right? You have so much things going on, we all do, uh, but the care part. You really care about people, and that's something I would like to commend you through, like really, in action. My, my, my children feels it, I feel it, and I think the world needs more of that, right? Rather than just talking, uh, you show through action, through all the things that you have done uh, from me witnessing it from the outside and just being around within your environment, the impact you make in people's lives. Um, you might not notice it because you're in that moment, mm. but from the people looking from the outside, looking within, uh, it's an amazing feeling and it's very inspiring. So I just wanted to make sure and share that with you. So well, thank you for um, that. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Um, so the structure for this episode um, kept it simple. We came up with some questions, and I'll pretty much kind of the question. The purpose of the questions is to really uh, get, gain your perspective, mm-hmm. right? We're obviously discussing the health and fitness industry, which is a very vast, enormous industry. Uh, there's all these fitness gurus, right? It's 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 countless, but in a way, it's very intimate, to, regardless to whoever we're talking to, whoever decides to listen to this episode, right? The avatars out there. I speak about that. It's it's organic. Your avatar is whoever can see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would like to hear from you uh, based on, you know, the, the, these questions, kind of your perspective. And um, the goal is that, is we touch that one person. And I think I learned that from you as well, right? It only takes one, mm-hmm. one at a time, right? One day at a time and impacting someone's life, um, you know, one at a time. So the first one is, when did you get introduced to health and fitness, Elaine? Well, that's a really good question. As far back as I can remember, it was probably when I was 14, but prior to that, it was seeing my dad. So my dad was in the Navy, he was a submariner. So I didn't see him, he missed all my birthdays until I was 14. But 
the time when we spent together was fun and intense. I always remember that. It was just, we were always doing stuff. I felt like it was like a wild ride. And he was actually a bodybuilder in the Navy. So he was a big guy. He was 6'6", 280. So he was always a big, imposing guy. He was a monster. He was, he was a monster. And I, I just always remember how people respected him and treated him. Now, he, was a, he, was a, he, he respected himself and he respected others. And he never used his size to intimidate people. He just carried himself like a man. Mm -hmm. And I just always remember when he would walk into a room in his presence and how people would talk about him in a positive manner. And it was... You know, what I realized in hindsight, it really wasn't his size, it was his heart and his mind. And that's something I share with people. Initially, you think, oh, you need to get big and you need to have muscles and everything. And really, it's within you at any size. It's just how you carry yourself. Because you can be a big gorilla and be a tyrant and no one's going to like you. And so, at the time, though, being little, I was extraordinarily small, like underdeveloped small as a child. Very, very little. That's hard um, to believe. <laughs> well, it, it is true. And okay. so, that caused me to develop a different set of skills. It was to have speed and to be able to run. And that's another story. Yeah. However, <laughs> the, the question around when did I really get involved with fitness was seeing my dad, he was in bodybuilding. So he would enter bodybuilding shows. And at the time it was all about Joe Weider. So he would have this little carton canisters, cardboard, and it was, it was a protein at the time. And so they didn't have all the supplements and stuff like they had now. It was basically you had pr proteins and these little multivitamin packs from animal Joe Weider. Packs. Yeah, but it was even before animal before packs. Animal so Joe, packs. Joe Weider, it was only Joe Weider. There weren't that all the, brand. yeah, it Got was it. it was Joe Weider or nothing. So if you weren't taking <laughs> Joe Weider supplements, you basically you weren't, weren't taking cool. anything. Yeah, yeah. You weren't taking nothing. Joe Weider had these two cans. One was protein and one was these little packets of like these supplements. And I didn't really know what they were at the time. Turns out it was, like, you know, like the basics, um, uh, multivitamin, fish oil, those types of things. But my dad would take this protein and he would call it potion. And he was like, I'm like, what are you doing, Dad? And he was like, I'm drinking my potion. And he would do it bare-chested in the kitchen, and he would just Potions. make this in this blender, and I just remember him drinking it. And he probably was drinking it regular, but when I would watch him drink it, in my mind, there was like a beam of sunlight coming down, <laughs> yeah. and he had his, like, glistening yeah, yeah, and his yeah, hand on his shoulder. Yeah. So in my mind, in my memory, I was <laughs> like just super amazed. I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this guy is amazing. <laughs> and he probably was in a bath towel in the kitchen, you know, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's how we remember of things, course. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's all I remember is just seeing my dad. Um, I'd always be with him on a submarine or a ship, and he was just, you know, just he was like my hero, right? He still yeah. is. Um, I just remember seeing him and I just remember associating with him working out in the gym and drinking potion is why he was the way he was. So Correct. in my head, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so he would always encourage me. And the cool part is he never actually, I don't even remember him once telling me to work out or go to the gym. He never even pushed me to go to sports or anything. It was just father and son time. But he left a, and I told him this too, you know, before he passed away, you left the indelible mark on me about what health and fitness was and, you know, stature and how to carry yourself and all those things. And um, at the time, you know, it wasn't, for him at least, wasn't easy being an African-American in the military, right? I mean, he grew up in Jim Crow era, the South and so forth, and there's some horror stories there. But regardless of that, he never let that be a crutch or an issue or an excuse. And I never, ever saw or heard him complain blame others or make an excuse. And that's something that I grew up with is that anytime there was an issue, he would make us take responsibility for it. He never blamed us for anything. And he never um, made an excuse as to why something was done. Either it was done 
or it wasn't, but there was never an excuse. And so those are the things that at the time when you're growing up, you don't know or think they're making an impression on you, but they are. And that, I think, shaped who I was or who I am fundamentally, even though I may not always connect it with that. But he is the main reason why I really got into health and fitness. That and I was actually really small and got into a lot of fights when I was younger, and I was like, I just don't want to get bullied anymore. Yeah, so yeah. As soon just as the, I was, the simplest, the, simple, the basic, like survival, yeah, right? Survival. So zero to twenty is like, don't die, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so I was like, that, I want to. That's such an amazing story you shared, and your your father sounded like an extraordinary man uh, to have that profound impact. Um, and he may have been ordinary, but to me, he seemed like <laughs> just. At the end of the day, you know, but I think, um, like I said, sharing that. Our, our listeners, the people that tunes into the podcast, right? They have their own story, uh, their origin story of that, of why they got into something. Somebody right? or something. Somebody, right? yeah. somebody out there. Like for me, for example, right? The premise of the podcast is basketball. Okay. How fitness is for you? Basketball is the way for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that father figure. My father figure, if he quit, it was the ball. Yeah. That was it. This basketball was my friend, my father. Whatever else you always want to there put for it. you. It was always there for me. It never failed me. Yep. It always bounced back. Yeah, right. And you talk about life's analogy. It was indestructible. This yeah. ball, no matter what I did to it, I kicked it, I punched it, I threw it. It always bounced back, and I learned so many valuable lessons from this ball. That's awesome. In the game, as in comparison to you and your father watching him drink that potion you're like bro that is the secret and you're like i'm not telling any of my friends about yeah. this right so that that's such an awesome story thank thank you for sharing and i think it it uh correlates to the next question right so why did you the first question is when so why did you get into health and fitness right after sharing your story with us about about dad and you know it sounded like hercules man so why is it that you you kind of really deep dove into it man. yeah I, I have three whys in it in it at three different times and they correspond to the three chapters in life right zero to 20 don't die survive 20 to 40 acquisition and then 40 and over contribution so zero to 20 was literally just i just didn't want to be little anymore right i wanted to get put on some size put on some weight so that was my why at the time and then in my 20s it was oh now i'm out of school i'm out of a structured program and you find that you're left to your own vices, which can be the devil's playground. So without anyone holding you accountable, you're on your own. And guess what? When you work hard for things, God will provide a way. Amen. And you find and you get now what you want. But guess what? That's the devil's trap. Mm -hmm. So now you're getting your meals. You have maybe a wife to go home to. You have um, you're not you know, you're not struggling anymore. Comfortable. You have a little bit of money in your pocket. That's the devil's trap. Because now, guess what? You get soft and fluffy. <laughs> yeah. So you be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Yeah. And that's what happened. So chapter two in my life, I got soft and fluffy. And it was 2003. I remember my <laughs> wife looking at me. We were in Kaneohe. We just moved to Hawaii. It was just her and I. And um, I hadn't learned about the plate lunch yet. So we lived in at Valley of the Temple above uh, an L&L. Okay. So I would that's, go down to L&L to eat. Yeah. And I, again, I didn't know about the plate lunch and I would go in there and they're, they're like, what would you like? And I'm looking at the menu and mind you, we just moved from California. And so I'm like, oh wow, they have Calvi ribs with not one or two, but like three types of starch, two scoops of rice and you know, Mac macaroni salad. Mac salad. and it's like under 10 bucks. So I'm like, yeah, sign me up. 
And that's okay once in a while, but having to live in that close proximity, that became a regular thing. And I was sitting at my desk one day, my wife came in, she didn't say anything, but I remember this look she gave me. My, my gut was kind of, you know, sitting out there and I'm slouching my chair, so it's, you know, more distended when you're sitting out. And I just remember this look and I'll never forget that. And it wasn't a look of disapproval or I don't love you, but almost like, I didn't sign up for this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah, and yeah. she never said anything about that, of but course. I could see it. Right. It's and the I, unspoken, yeah. subtle ones. And yeah. to this day, it's seared in my mind. Mm. And the very next day, I was out doing sales call, and I was in Pearl City, and there was this um, health and hygienic store. I don't think it's there anymore. It was across from, like, the Zippies on cam. And there was a, a, an ad in the window. It said bodybuilding contest. And it was 2003, and it was probably July or August because the bodybuilding contest was in November as the powder ice cup. And I remember that look she gave me, and I was just, I looked at that, and I go inside the store, I'm like, hey, I want to sign up for this contest. He's like, yeah, just write down the information and submit your app. Mind you, I had never bodybuilded before. I didn't know anything about this. Bodybuilding was not anything I had done previously. And um, I said, I'm going to sign up for this contest, having no experience whatsoever, because I figured I needed to do something. So that was my second why. That was like, why did you get into fitness? That was the second why was to get back into shape having, after having fell off from discipline. Mm -hmm. Then the third why, this is my third chapter in life, is again to now reassociate myself to help others. And that was that, the story I told you initially with Jeff when he lost his foot, is that now it's that, that's kind of reinvigorated me because now when I work out, I can just do what's called the minimum effective dose, right? I've put in so many reps in so many years that there's a certain level that you can do to maintain, right? I don't have to kill myself even though I train hard so I can do the minimum effective dose. But now I have to step outside my comfort zone to remember the fundamentals to help others, which is again, helping me learn again. And that kind of brings me back to my point with your podcast is humbling myself to realize you may know a lot, but there's 8 billion people in the world. There's no way you're gonna know everything. So I always, <laughs> humble myself to learn. I learned from your podcast. I learned from others' podcasts. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, well, which is the best Which is the best fitness or which is the best program? Most will work. I mean, there are some crappy ones out there, but generally the fundamentals are there, and as long as you follow them, most will work. So I'm never one to say, oh, well, mine's the best or this mm-hmm. person. The one that works is the one you're willing to commit to and follow, right? Yeah. So there's good information out there. And I, you know, I, I, t- I tell that to everybody is don't look and wait for this perfect thing to come by. Taking perfect action. If you align with that person, maybe it's not me. Yep. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe they hear another person and they're just like, wow, we have a very similar story. Mm-hmm. You should go with that person because you know what? You'll probably like them and you'll probably get along with them. Mm-hmm. So don't wait for this magical snowflake to come perfect. through your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, never, right. it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't yeah. exist, you know? Yeah. So those were the three reasons. That's I know the question amazing. was, yeah, how no, did I get perfect. in? But yeah, no. it wasn't just one particular situation. It was like at different chapters in my life, there yeah. was a new why as to why I kind of doubled back down with fitness. I think that's what highlights it. It's your why. And, um, you know, a, a great book to read, I, I read, is uh, Simon Sinek's, at, you know, Start With Why. Okay. I need so, to check that uh, one out. It's a great book. You know, obviously, I share with you. I'm an avid reader. I read all kinds of stuff. It's all about improving. Like you said, continuous growth and hunger for growth and wanting yeah. to grow continuously. But he speaks about starting with why. And you, you totally highlighted it, right? Um, even though it wasn't said to you directly by your wife, like we talked about the subtle, you know, it's energy. You just, mm-hmm. you just sense you feel it. it. Yeah, but you, it's another, that moment, right? You, you're like, all right, man, too much plate lunches. Mm-hmm. You saw it, but that was kind of an omen. 
right? When you say the devil's playground, when, com when you're comfortable, complacency kicks in. Mm -hmm. And you lose focus of what got you there because you're comfortable. Yeah. There's no reason for you, when you got the house, you got the wife, you got the great job, bank account is good, what other reason do you have? Why? And, you, and I think that was God's way of showing you. Mm -hmm. Check this out. You saw it, the timing of everything, and you, you went for it. All right? and, and I appreciate you sharing with us and the, the listeners and the viewers of that principle of continuously evolving the why. I think the thing why also is, is sometimes it's a misconception about it. I believe it's organic. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? The phases that yeah. you share with us about your life, from your one, zero to 20s and 20s into your 30s in the next phase, absolutely, your why can morph. It can change yep. based on where you're at in your life, um, when, which is what's important now, the priorities. Yep. And what really stood out about that is it always circled back to servitude for you. It always circled back to wanting to help others out. You know, because I think that's so so fulfilling, right? You're not doing it for that euphoric effect, but you're doing it so subcon uh, un subconsciously mm -hmm. to make an impact in other people's lives. So thank you for sharing with us and the listeners your why. Absolutely. Following question uh, would be, why do you continue to implement health and fitness in your life? And I, I believe this will circle back into the why. Why is that that you continue after 30 years now you shared with us? Yeah. Right? You still wake up. You just told me a story right before we started. 3 a.m. in the morning, you're at the gym. You thought I was in the gym. I'll tell you what, I wasn't in the gym. Uh, but hey, I appreciate it, you know. But no, no, I wasn't. I'll be at the courts at 2 a.m. in the morning. There we go. But not the gym. But yeah, so That why is, is your it, gym, my Yeah, friend. that's my gym. Why do you continue to do that? Man? Yeah, I mean, um, really from, there's two perspectives. There's, I've seen, so in the pharmaceutical industry, after 20 years, I don't know if we've made a difference. And here's what I mean by that. For chronic diseases like dyslipidemia, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, we live in a, in a country where we spend more money on medic, you know, our healthcare system per capita per person than anyone else, but we have some of the worst outcomes because we want to pill for everything, right? And so when I was in those chronic disease states selling, um, we launched Zocor, which was the first statin with Merck you know, 20 plus years ago, lowers your cholesterol. And um, we would talk to cardiologists, and I'd and ask the cardiologist, I was like, okay, so if you have a heart attack, right, the first sign of a heart attack is sudden death, meaning if you're talking about your heart attack with a doctor afterwards, you survived 50, like, you're lucky to be alive. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I was like, two questions. I said, how long does someone make a change after they've had a heart attack? Because you're thinking, okay, you can't get much more of a wake-up call than a heart attack, right? And you would reasonably think that would get someone to change their behavior. So now I'll just kind of ask you as a, as a fun question. What do you think he told me, how long would someone change your behavior? And what I mean by that is you just had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. The doctor says you need to stop smoking, get your act together, moderate, you know, exercise a little bit. How long do you think a person who's just survived a heart attack, on average, will, will, will listen and change their behavior after having a heart attack? I mean, perfect world scenario is instantaneously, right? Yeah. Like, but how um, long after? Like, how long do they stay I, on the, I, I, the I path? Would, I, I would say on, on the same path that yeah. triggered that. Yeah. I mean. Or how, know, how long do they change their behavior for and stay, stay with the changed behavior, right? Oh, so they the stop smoking. The yeah, commit. they stop. They I, commit I, to it. I would say a month, 30 days. You're very close. It's only three months. So, again, three months. you've just had a heart attack. 50% yeah. you've survived. The doctor's saying to not die. 
you should do this, right? I don't think the strength of recommendation gets stronger than that. They're literally telling you to not die, to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. The average is three months, meaning that's how fallible the human spirit is. You're, you're basically lying to yourself. You're telling yourself, mm -hmm. I need to change. There's no one more important to yourself than yourself. Mm -hmm. But the average person, again, there's some who really take that to heart, no pun intended, mm -hmm. and change, but they only change their behavior for three months. So wow. when I heard that, I was like, we're all gonna die. It's just depending on who, at what, at what point. Or what factors, yeah. yeah. And so that was, a, that was a huge thing to me. And then the second part to that is talking to individuals with all the money in the world. I'm talking about multimillionaires. In the last stages of their life, all the money in the world, poor health. What they wouldn't give, they would give every last nickel to have a few more months or years of good health. And at that point, you're the richest person in the graveyard. So seeing those two things and realizing that the most important thing is your health because that's your time and that's your commitment to yourself and your family. So I, I look at it like, okay, if you had to prioritize everything, of course people are like, oh, religion or this or working. But think about this. Without your health, you don't have time. And without time, you don't have a chance. So then you can't be spiritual. You can't be a father. You can't be a husband. You can't be all of these things that you're prioritizing above your health because you're dead. Yeah. So that was really what hit me was, granted, you can get hit by a car, be in an accident and all those things, but what I'm speaking of, what are the things that you can control? And I just wanna make sure that if I go out, it's not because of something I could have controlled. We'll still go out at some, we don't, you know, don't know, everyone has an expiration date. Yep. I don't know if it's tomorrow or 20 years down the road. Course, yeah. But what I'm just speaking of is, for the things I can't control, and there's a shit ton that, I'm sorry, there's a lot of things you can't control, yeah. but for the things that are in our control, which are actually more than we would believe, am I doing everything I possibly can at every moment to give myself the best chance? Because you realize, for me to not take control of my health, I'm being selfish. I'm being selfish to my children, to their children, to my wife, to my friends, the people who depend on you. That's me being selfish if I don't do the best I can to keep my health the way it needs to be. Right. So those that's that's the reason why I stay, you know, uh, you know, and initially when you're younger, it's superficial. How do I look in a shirt? Yeah, well, you know, I yeah, want to be jacked. Yeah, I want to do those things. Yeah, and that's yeah. it, fine. Yeah. But that won't sustain you. No. It's yeah. very it's very. So you got to dig a lot. You got to dig a lot deeper. And um, all it takes is someone who you really love to give you that glance of almost disapproval. Yeah. And it slices you to the bone. And yeah. there's no amount of, you know, self-deprecation that can that can hit you harder than that. But just realizing that. You know, that is our precious resource. You know, I see people with cars that take better care of the car than their health. You'll have this huge guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, don't don't splash mud on his rims. Yeah, He's got, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. gold chain. Yeah. Every, cars looking fresh, yeah, right? Yeah. Washing it. Priorities are Walk, You know, yeah. ticking time bomb walking around. And I'm like, bro, you can buy a new car. Mm -hmm. You can buy 20 new cars yeah. if you wreck that one or it goes bad. How many bodies can you buy? How many lives can you yeah. buy? You get one chance at this. Right. How many things in this life do we get one chance only? Most things we can fail multiple times, mm -hmm. still pick ourselves up, regroup, and try it again. Yeah. With your health, you literally get one chance, That's irreparable that. damage. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like we take better care of the material things in our life than we do our own body. It started to dawn on me and make no sense. So from that perspective, when you look at me, I'm a very plain person. You know, I have a very simple wardrobe. I'm not really big into material items. But I'll spend endlessly. You know, I've financed coaches before where I couldn't afford them, but I knew how important it was. So I'll spend a amount that 
if I were to tell people, they would be like, you got to be out of your mind. To this day, on coaches and healthcare and doctors and whoever I can find, if I know you have the best information for a particular topic, I will figure out a way mm -hmm. and I will find the money to pay you for that information. Yes, this is like a crackhead, right? You yes. ever seen a crackhead needs crack? You say, I don't have any money. I, they, they, hey, do, they do what they got to like do. Like it or not, crackheads are some of the most resourceful people. I've, I'm not saying to be a crackhead. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. when yeah. you really want something bad enough, but that, you will find a way. Yeah, that's 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 the proof. And, and, and thank you for, for sharing um, your perspective on what does it really mean to you. And I think also just we live in a state that is a very dynamic and unique demographically. Mm -hmm. And obviously the U.S. as a country has the most, I think, highest percentage of obesity starting really from even the children yeah. based on all the processed foods. I mean, we can go on and on and on about the conversations of um, – the way America is. So me being born in the Philippines, a third world country, the disparity of the wealthy and the poor is obvious and there's no middle class in between. Mm -hmm. And I came from very humble beginnings where you're, you're, not, you're not privileged to eat a meal every day. Mm -hmm. You're trying to figure out where that meal is coming from and survival, right? Like you said, you, you, you speak about survival. Um, but like you said, it's, it's, the signs are there. The professionals and experts are telling us through factual data and science, you need to change or you're not going to be around for long. Yeah. And I think you sharing that with our listeners and our audience about um, prioritizing, I think, is the most important word there. Right? You need to prioritize. But a big one too to stood out is you're lying to yourself because there's nothing out there that can... Um, make you do the things that mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing to have that longevity. And a big one that stood out also is your selfishness. Selfishness of, you know, reducing your lifespan and your, uh, not only to your, your family, to your spouse, your children, your friends, but ultimately I think the blessing that you receive the being here to the world, what, what you bring to the world, right? We're all mm -hmm. unique. Our DNA is built up so, you know, so uniquely, but our gift to the world, yes. and if we, uh, it's selfish in that way, that we're not uh, going to be able to meet that one person that really needs to meet us. And you're disrespecting God, and here's why. What do you think the odds are of you existing? You, in your form, manifested right now with all your attributes right now. What do you think the odds are? I believe, well, it's 400 trillion to one. Yes, you know right. the odds. <laughs> yeah. So think about that. Yeah. What, there, you have a better chance of winning the lottery yeah. every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. than the odds of you being born. So the fact that you are here, I don't care if you're born with no limbs, mm -hmm. if you're born with no eyes. My, my daughter and I listened to a story about Helen Keller today. She was back in the early She's 1900s. Amazing, is right? Yes. So my During point is war. this. Yes, you may have been born in a situation where you feel disadvantaged or maybe it's not fair, right? Mm -hmm. Life isn't fair. That's just out the gates. Correct. But you were born. So no matter where you started, you've beat the odds one in 400 trillion. Mm -hmm. So for you to disregard that is basically insulting God. Because you, I mean, for us to be here, one in 400 trillion odds, and you're going to tell me that you're not worth it, you unequivocally are worth it. Yeah. Tell the other 399 whatever yeah. billion yeah. people who didn't make the cut with the, yeah. you know, who yeah. didn't swim fast enough. Of course. Out of the gate, you're a winner. Yeah. Just by being born, you've yeah. won. Yeah. You yeah. know, so go for it. Yeah, and I, you have one shot at this. And I think we, we're also aligned with, with um, you know, the content we consume and people we kind of, you know, we follow and listen to. And that's a very 
um, repetitive message they put out there. When you've already won, just existing, being here, being yeah. here in the now, making it this far in life. And I think a lot of um, uh, people take it for granted. Uh, every, we don't know what everyone is obviously going through internally, mentally, in their physical life, their environment, whatever factor it may be. Yeah. But it, it gets lost in translation of how significant it is to really be alive. And I think the tail of the tape is even. Honestly, when you talk to people, mm-hmm. there's, we, we don't, no one has our stuff together. We all no, are trying to keep it. I really think that the tail of the tape is equal for everyone. Even though on the surface, mm-hmm. it might appear some have more or less. Yeah. But when you dig deep enough, there's enough plus and minuses where I think we're generally, I mean, there's granted some horrific stories out there, and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to minimize anyone's, yeah. you know, to, to say that and disregard that. But I think generally with it, we're in a pretty tight calibration as a human entity. It's just a lot of us don't decide to understand what the story of someone else might be. Even on the surface, mm-hmm. they might be smiling. They might have everything that appear, yeah, appears to be the devil's trapping. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get to know people, we're, we're more similar than you, than, than are different. And we're closely, closer calibrated than we would at least tell ourselves or lead to believe. And just real quick on your point about... Um, the, the immigrants. So having lived in the Philippines, it's funny because you would look at someone and say, oh, this person in the Philippines or in another country doesn't have enough. They end up being hungrier for success when they come here. And it's funny that they'll probably live longer and a healthier life because of not having this quote unquote abundance. And so their meals are simple, rice and fish, yep. which you should be eating anyway. Sustenance. But life has dealt them the cards to make them a healthier person just yep. by simplicity where you have you know a safe way or a bond where you can mm-hmm. go in and basically eat yourself to death. The irony. So, yeah, I think it's ironic that yeah. you literally can go in there and eat yourself to death because of your wealth or abundance, and you have someone that you're classified as poor, and they'll live longer than you, and they'll have a healthier existence. So it's kind of like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The yin and yang and the universe balances Correct. itself out. Correct. I agree. Uh, an article just came out, actually. Uh, Hawaii actually ranked number one for life expectancy of its residents in the U.S., 80, 80, almost 81 years old. Obviously, many factors from the mm-hmm. environment to pollution to just the whole overall. So it's surprising to find out that Hawaii actually has the longest life expectancy to live uh, in the United States, mm-hmm. anywhere in the U.S. So, but as I, like you said, I think about that irony all the time, where I think um, God is showing you where they, they say right, if you cannot be okay, I, there's there's a specific saying to where if you cannot be thankful for the few. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to be handling the many, right? Like yeah. the blessing, the abundance, right? So, uh, but no, thank you. Thank you for, for going into that, you know, rolling into the next question. Um, how has health and fitness helped you in your life? Uh, more specifically for, for our listeners, uh, from father to father, I think this one is important. As a father uh, in your relationship with your spouse and your children, you know, how have you uh, utilized fitness as a bridge uh, and incorporated it in you of being a father to your children and a spouse uh, to, your, to your wife. Yeah, I think really it's the discipline and the leading by example. Because as you know, as a dad, you can tell your kids all you want. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But they really take heed on what you do. For example, before kids, I would curse a lot, right? Still kind of curse, not a whole lot. But when you have kids, they're like a, a sounding board for you. And you're like, huh, where'd you pick that up from? And it's 90% of the time or more, it's from you. You're their only source. So everything we do as parents and as spouses 
are picked up, right? It's like a, it's like, a, you know, if you truly want to know who you are, look into your kids, right? That's what what happens. So I feel it's super important to not just say, hey, stay in shape or you know, eat a certain way, but you have to walk the walk because then you're, if not, you're a hypocrite, right? And then the other part is we're we only have our kids for a small amount of time. They're only kids for a little amount of time, and they only really want. I mean, they want to be around you, but you're only cool for a little bit of time. It's a small, small window. Very small. And I want to be all in with them. Like, I want to be going home and have enough energy to take them to the beach or go walk or play with them. And as they get older, so my youngest now, I'll be 45 this year. My youngest is six, so do the math. In 14 years, I'll be, what, 59? It's going to be like 16 years or, or like almost 60. So I'm doing this for not necessarily my present-day self, but myself in 10 or 20 years. Will I be able to walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married? Will I be able to play with their kids? Will I be able to be a great active grandfather? So no one gets a pass. Everything we do adds up. And I tell people that. You get credit for everything you do and don't do. So maybe you do a rep today, you're not going to look any better. But if you do that rep for the next you know, three years, it'll add up. If you don't do that rep today, you're not going to look any different. But if you don't do that rep for the next three, four years, it all adds up. A compound effect. It compounds. It compounds. And so that's really what I'm doing it for is, one, the example, to, to lead by example for my kids. I don't want my kids to have to look outside of my house for an example, right? I don't want them to come home and be like, oh, I found this coach or I found this person. They're such a big influence in my life. Like, I want to be that influence like my dad was for me. Like, if I'm not a strong enough force that... I overwhelm them with my presence in a positive way. And I'm not talking about yelling at them or beating them or any of those types of things where you get the short-term effect, but you're just so overwhelmingly in all aspects for them, um, you know, that I've failed, right? And once I become comfortable or complacent, that I've failed. So I take that very, very seriously. And I tell them, I'm your father, I'm not your friend. And I mean that in a loving way. I have a job to do. Right? I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I have to raise you to be a functional individual to then go and be on your own and not be attached to me. And so whether that comes through you know, um, love or despair, that will come about. Right. So I'm not looking to be Mr. Popular. I'm not looking for them to be like, oh, you're my best friend. Because I, have a, you know, I want that role to be very clear and delineated. And part of that for me is to have a physical presence with them and with people because that's the first thing people see. Now, I'm not trying to say that's the only way to approach it, mm -hmm. but it has an impact on them, right? When, you know, like my son, he's 14, he's like 240 pounds, he has to still know that I can toe the line with him, right? So if he surpassed me now at 14 and I'm just sitting around letting myself go, psychologically, he's like, all right, on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So I show up in a manner that is firm for them, that they see, I'm going to the gym every single day, like they know, right? And it, they, and for the wife, she initially was like, um, she, it's, at, it's at the point now where they know there's nothing that will get in the way of me going to the gym to work out because I'm being selfish for myself to be present for them. Mm -hmm. So that time I take for myself is for them, even though up front it might seem like, oh, why are you always going to the gym? Why are you always going to work out? If I don't do that, then I'm failing them on the back end. So really, that's kind of why it all comes together. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a never-ending game. Every day sucks. Every day is a commitment to yourself. It's not one time where that alarm goes off at zero dark or early or ugly that I'm like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. And if someone is saying that they're doing it the hard way 
and they're skating through, they're either not doing it or they're lying to you. Mm. It's just you have to make that decision. That's the bottom line. That's yeah, the bottom yeah. line. No, thank you. That's so, that's so powerful. And um, you know, it, it hits home and to the core for me and what, what you're sharing and, and um, just listening to you and me being a single father, obviously, of, of two of the most amazing they're Amazing fantastic children, kids. Man. They're, they're super awesome. Uh, but like you said, every day is a struggle. And uh, I share a story with the listeners and the viewers. Um, I was having a hard day one day, right? And, and we all have our hard days. And sometimes you, you don't know how to find that outlet to rid of this have hard day. Some people choose drugs. Some people choose alcohol. Some people choose whatever it is your vice that you feel is a escape to get away from this hard day. And unfortunately, mental health in our country here, some people choose the last resort. And I hate to say that, but it's the reality of the world we live in, mm -hmm. where you feel that you have no other choice, no other option, you have no one to turn to, and the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And and I, I, I pride myself on my podcast and platform and my content to be as transparent, as authentic, and genuine as possible. I've had many of those hard days, brother many of those dark clouds but that one day share a story with you guys um it was during a, a last year's halloween thing we're building it and i was just having a hard day and i i uh, I, I felt in my heart to reach out to you brother and I say, hey man do you have a quick moment right uh to uh, to talk and just kind of try to get it out of my system right and you know i thought about this today leading into this episode right uh, I've done hard things in my life. I've gone through a lot of hard things in my life. But if you, if you can paint the picture and scenario, I had, I had slippers on. I had flops on, <laughs> slippers on. I think I know had shorts on. And I was just like, you know, I was just in a rut. I was just like, man, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this and challenges with my children, work, my ex-spouse. I mean, everybody has their own dynamic challenges, right? But that day was just much harder than other days. And then before, the moment I asked you, can I talk to you about some stuff, you know, you pause. You're like, yeah, absolutely. What's up, man? And then I, I started, I think it was the first sentence. He's like, hold that thought. And I kid you not, <laughs> we went outside. He set up 10 stations. I mean, the thing is, action, right? And if you're listening to this, action. I'm painting this picture for you guys. Action. He is not, I'm supposed to be talking to him. We're supposed to be having a brother heart-to-heart -heart talk, okay? Just like a homie talk, like, look, man, I need you to listen to me. Uh, before my first sentence, sentence ended, he's like, I'll be right back. And he just started walking towards this backfield. And next thing you know, he starts <laughs> setting up stations. This is outdoors now. I have slippers, and it's in the middle of the day. It's hot, right? And here I am dragging my feet, and I'm thinking, I'm like, what is this guy doing? I'm like, dude, I'm trying to talk to you. And you're going from one station to the next station. Long story short, it's 10 stations set up. And he's like, hold on, let me put music on. Okay, this is the only response I got from him saying, yeah, you, you can talk to me. What do you got? Um, and he starts blasting music. And he said, let's go. That day, we completed 1,000 reps, 10 different exercises, right? 100 yes, reps per exercise, 1,000 reps. And you did not care. I was, I kid you not, I thought I was going to die that day. And it went from me asking my friend, can I talk to you? Right? But this is a true story and testament. Um, and, and just tying this back in of 
living what you say and proving what you say and supporting and, and that method. And I thank you for that. You got through and, it, though. You got yeah, after oh, it, brother. Man. That was freaking after, awesome. Yeah, Slippers and yeah, all, though. Slippers you didn't let and that... all. Like, he just like, boom, push-ups, boom, step-ups, curls. I mean, sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Yeah, He's like, that. go from station <laughs> to station. I don't want to hear it. I remember that now. So that was our conversation. That yeah. was... And I don't think we really said a word during nothing, the workout. Yeah. Nothing. It was organic <laughs> where through action, but the power of health and fitness, the power of movement. Why I share that story is I went from completely being down, emotionally, mentally, just, just drained, just done. But the endorphin levels that triggered post-workout, after the workout, and something that your, your body or your mind has never thought you yeah. can actually don't die. physically Stay, do, stay alive. don't die, yeah. survival, fight, you know, fight or flight, mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, endorphins kicking in, um, really relates to this episode about health and fitness and just uh, what you embody and the type of person you are and circling back to you being a father, as you just explained to us in this question, where you want to equip your children with these tools within their tool belt as they embark on their journey. Um, And they're going to have those days. They're going to have those dark moments. They're going to have those challenging moments, uncertainty, uh, insecurity. This is going to all happen. And as a father, you said, it is we have a duty and a responsibility to make sure we equip them as best as possible. And I thank you for that experience. And never in my life have had um, I mean, you tell me, listeners and viewers, have you ever reached out to home, your friend or brother, say, I need to talk to you, that translated into literally a workout that, yeah, that, that, was, that was insane, man. But that was it. Long story. It was amazing. Um, we fought through it. And afterwards, I've never felt anything like that where, like, I was a loss for words. I was like, hold on, man. I was trying to talk to you about some stuff. He's like, man, get that fluffy soft stuff out of here. Watch this. And he just, he just did it. But so let, let's move on. And I, 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 that story will forever be uh, a very memorable story for me. Uh, I remember to that. Share. Now. Yeah. And uh, thank, I thank you for that. Oh, and, man. Anytime, and, anywhere. Yeah. But that was, uh, that was something else. So uh, we're going to, you know, finish off here uh, in kind of conclusion. Uh, let's go briefly touch on this one. Um, besides your father being your superhero, got into fitness, health and fitness and bodybuilding, um, present day, past, whoever it is, uh, has influenced you most based on bo- being a bodybuilder, health and fitness, or technique, methods. Who was it? Who is it for you? This is going to sound a little um, narcissistic, I guess is the word, but myself, and here's why. Mm. People will always fail you. It's just at different levels. And what I've learned is if I have to attach my, um, I guess, idol or aspirations to anyone else, it's a failed strategy. Because at some level, they will fail you and you shouldn't be responsible for them. Kind of like having a workout partner is why I ultimately tell people, don't look to a workout partner to hold you accountable. You have to find something a little bit deeper. So what I've now found is that competitions like bodybuilding and things of that nature have no appeal to me because now the competition is against the demon in myself. And sometimes I'll make videos where I'm talking to myself and I have an internal dialogue going on in my head where there's two sides. There's the empathetic, normal side, and there's this psycho that's just on 10th gear, Mm -hmm. you know, 28 hours a day. And I can tap into that psycho whenever I need the motivation. So it's kind of like I have this own little 
you know, yeah. uh, motivation in my head where he's always there. He doesn't care, and he's just not empathetic, and he's yeah. just a, an animal. Yeah. And so I've, I've created this internal um, kind of motivation where if I can't drive myself, then no one else can. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is that that's the indelible thing where now it's not about the challenges that are external. It's not about winning a medal. It's not about winning a bodybuilding competition or how you look or anything. It's really challenging myself to be the best that I can be for that given moment. And that's why I'll always do these silly challenges is because I need something to always be working towards. And so I've said it has to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining, kind of like teaching yourself how to cook or how to fish and so forth. So it's really again, may sound kind of like, oh, who's this guy? But it's all in my head. It's all in, it's all within me. And if I can't keep it to its most simple, basic form, and I need all these external factors and all these supports and things of that nature, at some point, those systems will break. And I know that, right? So I'm not foolish about that. So I, that's really where I'm at is just keeping it all in my head. And there's no one or anything that can detract me from that because it's all internal. So I don't have to share it with anybody. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, Thanks for that. You know, perfect example, right? Of, uh, I think it's it's your testament of discipline, and and consistency and ownership, of really what it is you're doing, who you stand, who who are you, what you stand for, your character. Uh, at the end of the day, all those uh, pieces of the puzzle align when you say you know you're your biggest. Like you, you, you told me about it. It's you versus you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think for all of the, the listeners and the the, the viewers. Um, you hear that cliche very often and on, and you hear these motivational videos, it's you versus you, uh, but at the end of the day, um, like you said, you know, uh, you have that switch. And nobody's gonna tell you when to turn it on and off. Mm -hmm. And really, no one cares. No one cares. Whether, you, if yeah. you, hey, you eat the right food, you don't eat the right food, nobody cares. Yeah. You go to the gym, you don't go to the gym, nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one's looking, I mean, people think, you know, oh, That's this person crazy. Looking. Yeah, like you think don't everybody's watching nope. you, everybody cares, nobody cares. We're not cares. special snowflakes, nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> so if you don't care about yourself, no one will. Correct. It's a takeaway. There you go. You so, so before we head into the last question, um, and this has been such an enlightening experience, uh, great fun. Um, besides Forefather Fitness, uh, what um, projects do you have going on and something you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, I'm pretty excited to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's Big Tire Boot Camp. And you're, you're part of the family with Big Tire Boot Camp, which you make it a better community and we're stronger because of you and um, your children who show up. But basically, Big Tire Boot Camp um, started out of a, we were going to have a small gym here at our Veterans Center, AMVETS here in Eva Beach. And it was just a place to kind of, you know, have physical fitness. Uh, initially, we were um, going to be near the garage area. And then one thing led to another where a friend of mine put me in contact with someone who has a used tire company. Who would think that there's such a thing? And it ended up being where we, can, we, we were blessed to be able to use this backfield at our veteran center and acquire all these tires. And these tires actually ended up being us making an entire workout out of 90% of the tires, right? From step ups to sledgehammer hits, et cetera. But when I looked at those tires, so these tires were initially going to be destroyed or sent off island to be shredded or whatnot. And from the most part, they're generally good tires, right? But they needed to be changed. But when I saw these big, you know, huge, ugly tires that were like trash to somebody but still useful to us, I was like, huh, that's me and all the guys that are around me that are over 40. We may not be in our ultimate peak mm -hmm. prime by the definition of the society anymore, 
but we definitely don't have to be retired yet. We, mm -hmm. we don't need to be sent off and killed. There's yes. still some useful purpose we yeah. serve. So I align. I, I like those tires. You know, they're, they're, they're very symbolic of who we are today. Fathers over 40 in general, although they're good for all people. So this is an outdoor fitness boot camp. Um, it's based off of the high-intensity interval training or Tabata. And just like Jonathan said, um, I am confident that it is the most efficient 30-minute workout. I will, chant, I will put it up against any program, bar none, hands down. And in 30 minutes, you'll get a full-body workout. The way it works is we have uh, 10 stations, uh, mostly body weight. You work out for two minutes to the music. Then you have a one-minute rest transition. Then you go to the next station, work out for another two minutes. And you go at your own rate. So you're not competing against anybody. You go at your own pace. If you can do one rep, great. If you can do 100, perfect. But you're, you just go at what's best for you. And, um, yeah, it's, it's actually been very eye-opening to me for the type of people it's attracted. Because initially I thought it would just attract like knuckle-dragging gorillas like myself that's just like, <laughs> oh, let's get out there and destroy <laughs> it. <laughs> it couldn't be completely the opposite. Like yeah. we have a few of those guys, but mostly it's people who just want to get move. And, you know, we've got five-year-olds, we've got six-year-olds, um, we've got my kids, we've got your kids, we've got, um, you know, grandparents, parents. They're just wanting to do something different to get in shape. And so at this point, again, never too old to learn. I've detached myself from what I think it should be, and I'm allowing it to grow organically and responding to the needs of the community of what they want. And it's still in its infancy. I mean, we started in April. It's still, you know, there's still so much work to be done in the way of just outreach and getting people involved and having them out there. But that has been probably one of the biggest blessings to myself is to see people engage with fitness and to ask their why like you know like you asked me my why I, I like to give people the stage and say what are you what's your why what are you here for and everyone has their why some this one this one kid he just wanted to work up the courage to ask a girl to prom that's, it. that's a big deal absolutely in that phase of your life that's a big deal i don't know how it ended i think he stopped coming but i was like this is a real thing so all of these small little whys and why people come out. So yeah, Big Tire Bootcamp. Um, you can find us at BigTireBootcamp.com. If you happen to be in Oahu, we'd love to see you come out for um, you know one of the workouts. Again, we feel it is the best 30-minute workout you will get as far as efficiency and keeping you safe and not injured. So yeah. totally, I completely agree with that. And I remember actually standing on that field before that tire was delivered. Yeah, you were so, here. We were here when that field was just dirt. Blank. And yep. I was, uh, I was From day one. one of the, the privileged ones that he, uh, Brother Liam shared this idea with. Well, you were and, instrumental and really, in giving feedback because I could always count on you and that's Coach what to, it was, to and share it ideas was exciting. and trying different things. It was very exciting and, and the way it has evolved, developed, and sustained. But the souls that you are touching, we are connecting with, is the ultimate, you know, why behind this. Uh, it is a one-of-a-kind um, outdoor boot camp, you know, fitness boot camp anywhere. Tires, man. Like, you would not think there's a... There, you would think, like, movies... Where do you actually see tires utilized for fitness in a movie? Like, usually military. Only, yeah, military right? style, maybe boot camp. They're jumping through, like, agility yeah. tires. Or yeah. they flip them, but, but, yeah. I am a true avid testament of it. It's fun. It's exciting. It's for all ages. And, um, you know, but check it out. BigTireBootCamp.com. We're here on Oahu, Eva Beachside, at the West Hall Ambet Center, and uh, it's open to all. Yes. Right? So, and I'll share a quick sharing. story about Jonathan. Sure. So he, he, Jonathan and his family are legitimately strong. He's not, you know, he, he loves basketball, and that's his jam. But he comes out there for himself and for his kids, 
And um, so we, at the very end of the boot camp, we flip a large tire, right? Yes. So it's normally broken up with like three to four people. So the last couple of, couple of tire flips that Jonathan has done has been, um, let's just say disproportionately Jonathan lifting the tire, <laughs> meaning that even though everybody's kind of contributing, and these are heavy tires, they're like thousand pound tires. They're not these little small tires. So they're, it's a no fail mission, right? You have to commit and do your part. So these last two flips, I could tell Jonathan really probably took about, you know, out of five people where it should be 20%, it was probably like at 50 to 60%. And he literally was turning colors I have never seen before. And he committed to it and he pushed it over. So I got to commend you because you get out there, you never quit, you never complain, your kids are remarkable, and he just gets through the workout and he just, he hammers through. And he's, he's always getting after it. So he, he walks the walks too as a father. I've seen it firsthand. He's like all in as a dad. He's consistent, right? I, I mean, when we talk about consistency, you are probably one of the most consistent people when we talk about your um, your emotional intelligence, your strength, and your friendship, too. So just wanted to kind of chime in there oh, and say yeah, thank you because I appreciate you. I appreciate thank what you're you. doing. No, you set me up with that tire, but yes. It's, either, <laughs> it's do it or not. Because once you lift, you have to commit. There yeah. is no turning back. And I think um, that's a very invaluable lesson that our listeners and viewers you know, you'll have those moments in life where you have to commit. Whether mentally, physically, you've never done anything like it before, through our words, um, you're much mentally stronger than you think you are, mm-hmm. and pushing beyond that barrier, no matter what obstacle you're currently facing, adversity you're facing, do know that you are way beyond stronger than you think, and you give yourself credit for. And um, we're here to believe in you. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're hearing this, we believe in the strength that's within you, and we're here to help you unlock it, right? And if you did, tune in. So let's let's roll into the final question, and I think this one is um, is important compared to all the questions. But this one is: the world is ending, and everything is is done. You know, as life as we know it is done. But you can leave one thing in this world, and, and that's from you whatever you want to call it, your legacy. But if there's one thing you can live, leave in this world, what would it be? That's a great question. And I think a lot of these questions that we, people want to be able to answer are these like massive things. Like if, you, if this was your last day on earth, what would you do? If you got, you know, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do? And the reality that I feel is if you haven't already left the legacy that you want to leave, then you're living the wrong life. There's nothing you can do in 24 hours in a short amount of time. Nothing great is going to come in that short amount of time. So live the life that you want to leave already, whether it's through your children or your business or whatever it is you want. But that's really kind of a wake-up call that everything we do every day is our legacy. There isn't just like one fundamental thing. And so that's kind of what I feel is like I would, people are like, well, what was you on your last day? I would do the same thing. I get up, I go to the gym, I come home, drop off the kids, have some meals, go to sleep, and that would be it. But if you're not living the type of life where every day you feel you could not wake up tomorrow, you're really selling yourself short. And so that's kind of just those aha moments where if, it, if at that point you fear death, then you probably aren't living the right life. Or you know you shouldn't fear, like, well, I've done everything I can up until this point. I've pushed as hard as I can. I'm not sandbagging. And what I've done at this point 
if I were to die tomorrow, I'm happy with the story that I've written and that I've left already. So that's kind of awesome. how I would summarize yeah, awesome it. Awesome answer. Thank you. Thank you for, for answering that. And, you know, this is the opposite. As once again, my first guest on Courage to That podcast, it's been such a privilege and enlightening experience. Uh, just a wonderful honor. overall experience. And thank you for, for your response. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add um, to, to, you know, to, to share with our listeners and viewers as we conclude this episode? No, I mean, it's just an honor to be on your podcast. I think you've been doing a great job. I'm a fan of your podcast. I've been listening since episode one. I learn from it all the time. Again, it's just that, you know, constant learner. And just thank you for, for take, having the courage and having the platform and speaking and getting out there because putting yourself out there, you know, in today's society with, key, you know, keyboard warriors – it's not easy, but you do, when, when we talk about having the courage, you have the courage and you're doing it. So yeah. you're a doer, and yeah, I commend I you for that. So, so yeah, Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys, wherever you're at in the world, listening to this. Uh, you share the laughter with us. Hopefully you gain some valuable insights, <laughs> perspectives, some uh, potion stories, if you have a potion story. Uh, but I'm excited. We're excited to deliver this episode to you guys. So thanks for tuning in to Courage to Adapt podcast. Once again, Aleem, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, Your friendship, you your, too, your, your wisdom, uh, and you know, the list goes on. But really just, just, just being you, you know, just being such an amazing person. Um, on the show notes, guys, uh, we'll have Forefather Fitness uh, information about Big Tire Boot Camp. Uh, of course, the podcast is sponsored uh, by my consulting company, the Select View LLC, and my clothing brand, CourageToAdapt.com, uh, which is a uh, partner with a few nonprofits, right? So do something, as Brother Liam said, do something consistently that is planting that foundation for your legacy and you know, be part of things that are way bigger than yourself and beyond yourself. So we look forward to seeing you guys at the Big Tire Boot Camp. If you're on Oahu, if you're on the Everside, side, if you're local here, come stop by, check us out. Uh, once again, thank you very much. Uh, it's your host, JT Chuck. We're out. Thank you so much for listening to Courage to Adapt podcast. We hope you have a productive and safe week. If you enjoy this episode, please share with others and kindly give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when our new episodes are released. If today's episode provided valuable insights for you, I kindly ask and request you head over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Please connect with me on all social media platforms for meaningful and inspiring content. You can find the link in the show notes for all my social media accounts. I'd love to hear from you and connect with you. This podcast was brought to you by the Select Few LLC business consulting management firm, which specializes in the field of project management, ESL tutoring, foreign student exchange programs, sports agent business consultation. You'll find the website link on the show notes to book your free consultation. Also, Courage to Adapt Clothing and Apparel Brand and inspiring and thoughtful designs on our canvas of our products to spread the message and representation of you having the courage to adapt in your life's journey. You're able to find the website in the show notes. Do check out our products, which supports a few nonprofit organizations in the Philippines, in the farming community, 
and a homeless shelter to help provide food and school supplies for, for the children. And last but not least, Forefathers Fitness. You'll be able to find the website for Forefathers Fitness on the show notes at forefathersfitness.com with their amazing vision to empower men over 40 to achieve lasting wellness through comprehensive range of services and products, including accountability coaching, scientifically proven fitness strategies, and nutritional guidance. By working with their clients to identify and overcome any obstacles to their health and well-being, we aim to live the best lives and reach their full potential. With the mission of empowering men over 40 to achieve optimal health and vitality by providing the tools and support necessary to regain strength and form. Whether you're looking to rebuild your fitness or simply want to learn how to optimize your health, Forefathers Fitness is here to guide you on your journey. Forefathersfitness.com And again, have an amazing week and I will see you on the next episode of Courage to Adapt podcast.